for tuning in to episode two of Four on Patty Hurst. My name is Taylor Setzer. My name is Reese Winslow. And my name is Pritika Parnidharan. Today, we're talking about the Symbionese Liberation Army, otherwise known as the SLA. They were active between 1973 and 1975. They were also known for kidnapping, bank robberies, two murders, and other acts of violence. SLA was a group of people of a leftist organization uh, that was trying to uh, basically against racism and trying to do use terrorism as a way to focus that uh, away from uh, racism. And most of their group consisted of upper middle class educated by young whites, led by an escaped African-American convict. Uh, And their symbol was the seven-headed cobra. And their main thing they were known for was high-profile crimes between 1973 and 1975, as well as intense media coverage of the kidnapping of Patty Hearst. goals is to give back of all the people their human and constitutional rights, liberty, equality, and justice, and the right to bear arms in defense of these rights. Another goal of theirs was to build a federation of nations who shall formulate programs and actions and interests that will destroy the capitalist value system and its other anti-human institutions and who will be able to do this by meeting all the basic needs of all the people in their nation. of all buildings and apartment buildings of the capitalist class and fascist government and then to totally destroy the rent system of exploitation. To destroy all forms of institutions of racism, sexism, ageism, capitalism, fascism, individualism, possessiveness, competitiveness, and all other such institutions that have made and sustained capitalism and the capitalist class system that has oppressed and exploited all of the people of our history.
with those four goals in mind, you can start to see where the SLA's beliefs were at and what they wanted to get at with their actions. So bringing this back to Patty Hearst, after we've seen how the SLA is rolled and how the SLA's goals were, why would Patty Hearst even join the SLA after her kidnapping? What if Patty Harris is having the same belief as the SLA and like that might go like that's why she probably like joined the SLA. In my personal opinion, I don't think she joined them like I think she joined them against her will because they kidnapped her and I think if you were kidnapped by someone you wouldn't voluntarily join their team unless you were scared that they would harm you in any way. With all this going so far, how would you react if you were kidnapped? Would you try to do whatever you could to get out of the situation as soon as possible? Um, and if so, what would that cost? What would that mean to do so? It's things like this we need to think of to understand how Patty's situation was so we can understand how this case may have affected her and whether she plays innocent or guilty in the case. Um, if it was me, I would probably just try to get out of the situation as, like, that's, like, probably my main goal if I was in a situation like that. But, like, I wouldn't join the people that kidnapped me. Personally, if I were kidnapped, I'd do anything I could to get out of the situation as soon as possible and return back to a safe place, as I know that the place I would be kidnapped in would not be safe or a good place to be in. So I would do anything in my power to escape, break free, or just do anything to comply with the kidnappers to get out as soon as possible with as least amount of harm as possible. If I was kidnapped by someone who wanted me to join their team against the government, I would probably do it because I didn't want to be kidnapped. And again, like Reese said, it probably wasn't a very safe place and I would want to be able to get somewhere safe. And if joining their team and doing whatever they said meant I wasn't killed, then sure, I'd go with it. I think I'd uh, do everything I could to protect, like, my friends and family. So if they threaten me with hurting my friends and family, I'd do pretty much anything they want.
My question is, why would the SLA result to um, acts of terrorism, violence, harsh commitments, instead of doing more peaceful commitments to show their want and cha want for change and peace and a new start for these people that they're trying to stick up for? So why would they react to, in a violent way for something that they want to be peaceful and that they want to make a change on? That the goals they've set going along with what their actions are occurring doesn't quite make sense to me why they would do that if their end goal was to be peaceful and helpful and try to help others within this. It just makes no sense to me why they would ever do this. They are so violent because People tend to forget that the SLA's leader is Donald DeFries, who is a well-known criminal. And... The reason, in my opinion, the reason they did all these bad things was because the leader of the SLA was Donald DeFries, and he was a well-known criminal, he was known for bad things, and an article I read, it even said that he had escaped from prison, and I think he started this so he could make more people like him, and he, it wouldn't seem so bad until people realized what they were doing, and when they kidnapped Patty Hearst, also have to think about that there's other ways to shine and like kidnapping and like bank robberies is not the case like does this go against what they stand for or does this like or does this benefit them in theory it takes a group of people that are willing to follow somebody or a leader starting and others picking up and following for a group to start. So if it can't just be on Donald DeFries of these actions by the group when all these people that are associated with the group have decided to come there or done something to be there unless the whole group is um, made up of people like Patty Hearst, who have been kidnapped and forced onto it, which I doubt is the case because that would be a lot of kidnappings and a lot of work the SLA would have to do to get those people onto their side and brainwash them onto their side. So how is the group okay with this fully accepting that the group is doing bad things to get across a good point? that is failing. It makes no sense why they think doing bad things will help cause their case of making good things happen and good change occur. To be honest, I think they followed Donald DeFries because they were scared of what he would do to them if he didn't. Even though there was probably many SLA people, they could have uprised and gone against him. But 
Donald DeFries was a known criminal, and I think they knew if they went against him, he could probably win. If he was such a bad leader, why did people, like, revolt him? Like, like in time, like, again, if we look back to the slaves, they were scared that, like, they were, like, their life was going to be taken away from them. So they were, like, they were scared. So they actually followed their master. So, again, why don't, like, the people, like, stand up to um, Donald DeFreeze? what Prithika said about how they didn't revolt I think it's kind of crazy that they didn't revolt against him when he was such a bad leader and such a bad example in what he did and all of the group's actions were not that great um in times bad leaders have been revolted against and not supported so why wasn't it the same for this case and why did others follow him if he may have been such a bad leader it makes no sense What I think is why they didn't revolt against him is because maybe they were like him and they were all bad people and they were trying to make a point against that not all people could be bad, but they ended up using violence and that just made them seem more like bad people. Another theory we had was he could have been like forcing them in or scaring them because in researches we've seen that um, Donald DeFries was a well-known criminal that had escaped I think once from jail but they caught him again and he got let out so and then he could have found all these people and scared them into helping him and then they kidnapped Patty Hearst because she was a well-known person around and her grandfather was a really big person back then. I think that was a really great discussion on theories of why um, the SLA had what they believed and why they may have done things they believed. But do we think there's any ties possibly between Patty Hearst and the SLA that seem significant, worth noting, or discussing that could possibly change the way that the case is seen, viewed, or just known as, or anything that could affect a decision that may be small, that may be a good point to bring up as just like kind of concerning or something to flag that maybe might come up in our research later that could be possibly a red flag, something that didn't seem right, something confusing, something that just stood out as we're reading through the connections. What are some that we think might be a little different or odd in their connections? away from that um, most people think that when Patty Hearst was taken she was stay she stayed with them for a long time 
They sexually assaulted her, abused her, and brainwashed her into thinking things that they wanted her to see, like how bad the community was or how bad they treated her or anything. And it, her case is well known, but most people tend to think that when she was with the SLA that she had Stockholm Syndrome. So that incident led to um, the condition by experts occurred to note how in some of the recording, some of the evidence of witnesses we've seen, Patty Hearst seemed kind of comfortable with the SLA, which struck me as odd. Either way, no matter what side I would have been defending. And another fact I've realized is that many people I've talked to about the case are still undecided on how they believe Patty Hearst is innocent or guilty. Nobody has really come to a full conclusion on how or what they believe, which makes it a lot more difficult because it's harder to ask for opinions since the beliefs are so split and nobody has a secure, clear opinion on what they think of the case, which isn't too helpful because as I'm looking at it, I could use a couple of opinions about the case that could help boost my view of the case and see how others view it and why that could possibly affect my opinion or maybe look into it deeper in a different way that could possibly change how we view the case and get us maybe a possible final answer. But so far, I'm yet pretty undecided, but I still believe that she may have been a revolutionist and worked with the SLA due to how comfortable she seemed in the videos. But yet again, you can't really tell. The video was kind of blurry and it's not fully clear images. What I'm confused about is, um why they chose to kidnap Patty Hearst. Like, yes, I think they kidnapped her for publicity and stuff, but there are a ton of other people that they could kidnap to get a lot of publicity. And why would they take Patty Hearst instead of anybody else in the world? Uh, Is there like a connection between the two? Something romantic with one of the members i don't know but yeah we can't only think about like how like how much she's famous around but like we also have to think about that she is worth so much money like 50 million she's nowadays she's worth like 50 million dollars which is big and if you can ever that's like how much money you will get so they probably thought the same thing This is where we end for today, and I hope you tune into the next episode to see maybe hopefully how we answer some of these questions and some more possibly on future episodes about this case and coming to more of a contradiction and opinion about the case. Thank you. This is Reese Winslow signing off.
Thank you for listening. This is Taylor Setzer signing off. This is Pritika Pranidharan, and we hope we, you, we see you in the next episode. This is Sarah Hamilton. Bye.